Thank you. Well, good morning, folks. Is it morning? All right. You know, this is truly a Baptist church. You say, why? When you go to Baptist churches, the front is most times empty. The back is full. If you go to a Baptist fellowship, the front is full and the back is empty. So, but good to be here. And today, I'm going to talk about together as one. From Genesis chapter 46 through 34. But we're just going to dwell on Genesis 46, 1 to 7. That's the first part of the two-part series on our ending series on Joseph. Together as one. Genesis 46, 1 to 34, but today, 1 to 7. So let us read Genesis 46, 1 to 7. So Israel set out with all that was his, and when he reached Beersheba, he offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. And God spoke to Israel in a vision at night and said, Jacob, Jacob, here I am, he replied. I am God, the God of your father, he said. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation there. I will go down to Egypt with you, and I will surely bring you back again. And Joseph's own hand will close your eyes. Then Jacob left Beersheba, and Israel's sons took their father Jacob and their children and their wives in the carts that Pharaoh had sent to transport him. So Jacob and all his offspring went to Egypt, taking with them their livestock and the possessions they had acquired in Canaan. Jacob brought with him to Egypt his sons and grandsons and his daughters and granddaughters and all his offspring. Let us pray. Spirit of God, speak to us. And help us to understand. Take away anything that would distract our minds. And keep us focused. On your word. May you receive all the glory and the honor. In Jesus name. Amen. Together as one. In Genesis 45, 46 and 47, we read about the third journey taken by Joseph's brothers into Egypt. The first journey was in chapter 42. When Joseph's brothers went down to Egypt to buy grain, leaving their youngest brother and their father in Canaan. At that time, 
everyone returned except for Simeon, who was in the jail in Egypt. In Genesis 43 and 44, just as brothers went down to Egypt the second time. This time, they took their youngest brother with them, but they still left their dad in Canaan. They had hoped to return with grain because the famine was still severe in the land. They also had hoped to bring everyone, including Simeon. And indeed, all the 11 brothers returned to Canaan. And they brought good news to their dad. They said, your son, Joseph, is alive. Chapter 45, verse 25, we read, They went out of Egypt and came to the land of Canaan to their father Jacob, and they told him, Joseph is still alive, and he is ruler over all the land of Egypt. Woo! And guess how Jacob responded? He was stunned, but his spirit was revived. Read it in chapter 45, verse 25. And this is one statement Jacob made. It is enough that Joseph, my son, is still alive. I will go down to see him before I die. So the guy has thought for all these years that his son was dead. And he gets this good news. Not only is he alive, but he is the boss in Egypt. Whoa. That revived Jacob's spirit. So Genesis 46 tells us about this third journey. That the children of Israel, Joseph's brothers, nephews, nieces, his dad, are making now to Egypt. By the way, they did not know that this journey that they are taking is going to be in Egypt for 430 years. They did not know that. But this is a place for us to stop to remind us that the history of the family of the people of Israel, as recorded in the book of Genesis, displays all the heartaches of family life. Chapters 45, 46, and 47 teach us that there is hope for our homes, there is future for the family. So let us observe some truths about this passage as I talk about together as one. Again, there's three parts, but I'm going to dwell today on one part. The three outlines will be from chapters 46, 107, renewal, Jacob and a divine fellowship. Relocation, Joseph's family on the move. Reunion, Joseph and Jacob together at last. So let us go to the first part for today. 
renewal, Jacob and the divine fellowship. Notice that in verses 1 through 4, God appeared to Jacob in a night vision. By the way, this is the last time God is appearing in a vision to speak to the patriarchs. Since he spoke to Abraham, to Isaac, and now to Jacob. After this incident in chapter 46, 104, next time he speaks to the patriarch will be to Moses in a burning bush. Long years. I want to dwell today on the first part of our title, Renewal, Jacob and the Divine Fellowship. You know, there are five things about renewal, connected to renewal, from this passage that I want us to focus on. The first one is renewal begins with reconnection. Renewal begins with reconnection. You know, Jacob is leaving Canaan to go to Egypt. That's quite new for him. You know his age by this time? He is 130 years old. And he is asked to move from his familiar surrounding and go to a new place? Huh. And God told him in this vision that he should go. Before Jacob would proceed on the journey, he had to stop at Beersheba. Beersheba is an important place, a significant place in the history of the patriarchs. Abraham stopped there and even dug a well there. He called on the name of the Lord there in chapter 21, verse 33. It was there that the Lord appeared to Isaac. When God told Isaac, I will bless you. Chapter 26, 23 to 25. It was from Bathsheba that Jacob started when he fled from his brother Esau to go to his uncle, Laban. So Beersheba is important. It has held a lot of history in connection with God's people. He stopped at Beersheba. Now why would he stop there? He stopped there to worship. He was beginning something new. He was facing a new venture. At 130 years old, Jacob is wise enough to say, let me stop and talk with God. Let me stop and seek his wisdom. So renewal begins with reconnection. And for Jacob to face this new venture at age 130, he says, I got to reconnect. I got to reconnect with my God. You know, it's easy for the young people to start new things. 
because they are adventurous, right? 15-year-old, 16-year-old, 19, 20, you want to go to new places. But when you are at that age, 130, or like me, 68, you want to say, wait a minute, I just like to relax on the couch, watch TV, see the grandkids grow, you know, surrounded by familiar stuff, not to start something new. But Jacob began his venture with God. He reconnected with God. So that's the first thing we see in verse 1. Verse 2, renewal is confirmed by God's word. Renewal is confirmed by God's word. God spoke to Jacob in a vision at night. He called Jacob by his weakness name, Jacob. You know, in Genesis 32, 28, God had changed Jacob's name from Jacob to Israel, which means Israel means someone who was prevailed with God. But here in this vision, God said, Jacob, Jacob. So he called him by his weak name. You know what that means? When God wants to do something with me or with you, he's not waiting for you or me to be perfect. He meets us right where we are. In Romans 5 verse 8, Paul says, but God commended his love to us in that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, God's grace is so good and abundant that he meets us at our point of weakness. The writer of Genesis, in that same verse 2, refers to Jacob as Israel. But when God was talking to Jacob, when he was trying to give him this vision and the strength and the courage to move on, he calls him by his name of weakness, Jacob. And Jacob responded, here I am. Here I am. Will you answer? When God calls your name. Will you answer him? Let's move on. Number three thing I want us to recognize about renewal is renewal removes fear. In Genesis 46 verse 3. You know... There are three ways God tried to allay Jacob's fear. He called him by his name. So which means he was personal. He was personal. And sometimes you and I wonder when we are experiencing some difficult moments and we think maybe God has forgotten me. No. In fact, in Matthew, Jesus says he knows even the number of your hair on your head. I don't have much. 
So he may not know. <laughs> but he knows your name. He knows my name. How important that is. How huge that is. We live in this country of, what, 28 million? The prime minister doesn't know your name, Ross, does he? No. Not even the premier. <laughs> but God, the heavenly father, the creator of the heaven and earth, knows your name. Hallelujah. He knows my name. And he can call my name anytime to help me, to direct me, and to give me strength. God knew Jacob's name. So even at night, he will call his name. It was comforting to know that God knows Jacob's name. And he called him by that name. You know, I have two names. One that was given at birth, Sundima, which means I was born on a Sunday. And then I had a name, Thomas, that was given to me after baptism. My dad, when I was growing up, if he calls me Sunday boy, I know he's endearing. There's something good. When he calls me Thomas, <laughs> I know something is wrong. <laughs> so, but here God is calling Jacob by his weak name. He knows his name. But God also wanted to allay Jacob's fear. He gave him reassurance that I am your God. The God of your father Isaac, the God of your grandfather Abraham. I am that same God. I have not changed. Hallelujah. I am God. God gives him reassurance to remove his fear of leaving Canaan and going into Egypt. That's the second way I see that God allayed Jacob's fear. But number three way God allayed his fear, he directly commanded him, do not be afraid to go to Egypt. Woo! You know, when we parents tell our children, well, you're afraid, Sometimes they give them courage. But when God tells you, do not be afraid, you're ready to march on. Because he not only knows where you are standing, but he knows where you're going. You see, that phrase, do not be afraid or fear not, is found 365 times in the Bible. I don't know why, but sometimes maybe I think it's because God wants us to recite it every day of the year. Do not be afraid. God commanded Jacob. But then, if you are somebody that have read the book of Genesis, in chapter 26, verse 2, Isaac was told something different. God told Isaac, do not go down to Egypt. Huh. So the critics of the Bible will say, you see, 
God contradicts himself. No. He is a God that walks with the plan that he has for each one of us every day, anywhere. He says to Isaac, do not go to Egypt. Stay in Canaan. I'm going to bless you there. He says to Jacob, leave Canaan. Go to Egypt. I'm going to bless you there. And bring you back. We'll come to that. But God says to him, fear not. You see, like I said, Jacob was now 130 years old. So you think he will not be afraid to leave his familiar home and go on to some place that he doesn't know? Yes, he will be afraid. Jacob, do not fear, God says. Leave that place and move on. I don't know what God is saying to you today. I don't know what your circumstances are. But I want you to hear his voice. He says, do not be afraid, my son. Do not be afraid, my daughter. Do not be afraid, my child. I am with you. I am with you. So renewal, number four, is boosted by God's promises. God allays his fears, but now we're looking at verse 4, renewal is boosted by God's promises. Jacob is renewed by the promises of God in this vision. The promise of his presence. I will go down to Egypt with you. You know, people around us, circumstances around us will fail us. But the God that we serve, the God of this book, he never changes. Hebrews 13, 8 tells us Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and next week. Forever. Hallelujah. He's the same. He never changes. So it's beyond this world. Eternity. And that's what God was trying to reemphasize to this old man, Jacob. Leave this place. I am going to be with you. I am going to go with you. Not only the promise of his presence, but the promise of his provision. I will make you a great nation. I will make you a great nation. You see, when God said that to Jacob, he was reiterating what he has said to Abraham in chapter 12, verse 2. But this time, in chapter 46, verse 3, he's even making another addition. He says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to bless you, make you a great nation, even there in Egypt. 
So he's making an addition here. The promise of his provision. When God calls you and me to do something, he's not only going to say, I'll be with you. He's going to provide us the resources to have it done. I have experienced that in my 40-some years of ministry. In 68 years of living this life. God meets us at our point of need. God goes with us. But God also provides. So there's the promise of his presence. There's a promise of his provision. But there's a promise of family bonds. Verse 5. He says, and your son Joseph will be with you when you die. He will lay his hands on your eyes. Now, this is a reference to something that maybe some of you have not realized. I worked 11 years and 8 months as a hospice chaplain. Here it's called palliative. I sat beside many people who were dying or who died. And one of the things that was very prevalent is when someone dies, their eyelids are usually open. The family members close it. It is something that I saw all the time. So here in verse 5, when God is telling Jacob, Joseph will put his hands on your eyes, he was saying, even at your death, Joseph is going to be there to provide a last service to you. So there's the promise of a continual family bond. Renewal. It begins with connection, reconnection, reconnection to God. And when we are afraid, God allays our fears. Are you standing at a crossroad in your life today? Are you paralyzed by fear? Jacob faced an uncertain future. But he had a great God that was going to be with him, that was going to provide for him all the way. And before he faced that unknown future, he started by worshiping the God who was going to send him there. He built an altar before the Lord. Now notice the Lord is capital L-O-R-D, which is the highest name a Hebrew will call their God. Yahweh. And Jacob stopped to reconnect with that God. You and I need to start there. We need to start there. If God is going to call us into something new, 
We need to start with that personal time with him. Reconnect with him. And all the fears will be gone. I want to suggest some lessons or principles to apply as we go to the end of this. Here are a few of them. Principles to apply. Number one, spend personal time with God. Spend personal time with God. If you're going to be renewed in your faith, in your walk with God, spend personal time with God. If you're going to be renewed, don't be paralyzed by fear. Listen to the words of the Lord. Fear not, for I am with you. If you're going to start something new for the Lord, God knows you by name and he will guide you. If you're facing challenges in your own life, God will walk with you. He told Jacob, I am going to go down to Egypt with you. Don't ever think he will not walk with you. Every challenge you face, I face, he's going to be there step by step. The problem is sometimes we don't want to hold his hands. We want to go our own way. But hold on to him. Keep your focus. Like the bro brother David said this morning, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Let us keep our eyes on him who is the author and finisher of our faith. And he will work with us. As you face the challenges in your life, final principles, a lesson, keep trusting in the unchanging promises of God. That's what God was trying to impress on Jacob. Keep trusting me. I am going to be there. I am the one that never changes. May God help us. And may God keep us. And renew us. No matter what the challenge we are facing. Let's pray. Eternal God, we are grateful for your word. We are grateful, dear Lord, for our different lives. Wherever we are, O oh Lord, you know our names. And you can call us one by one to reassure us not to be afraid, but to trust you. Send us this week with those words ringing in our ears, do not be afraid, I am with you. And help us to hold on to you. In Jesus' name, amen.